I'm just going to say I hope that my voice sounds amazing because I'm feeling a bit like Tom Cruise sitting flying really? his helicopter because I'm wearing a really great headset. <laughs> Although I haven't got the glasses, so maybe I don't look quite like him. No, maybe not quite. And I haven't got dark hair. No, but you feel like short. him. That's the main thing. I feel like you know, I'm looking out over the garden and I feel like I'm in control. Anyway, this week I had to brighten things up because we were going to be talking about email marketing. And I have to say, although I really look forward to doing Internet DNA each week, I have not been looking forward to this one. So I hope, Dan, you're going to make it fun and exciting and explain why we all just want to spend more time in email. Yeah. We're talking about email marketing. Oh, brilliant. I love talking about email marketing. I have just said how boring it is. It's not at all boring. What do you mean? Good. What I like about modern marketing is how quickly you can get feedback. I'm talking about direct marketing. I'm not talking about brand marketing because most companies don't have a strong enough brand to do brand marketing. But direct marketing, I mean, just how quickly you get feedback now. Okay, what's the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing? Brand marketing is, it's Christmas, it's Coca-Cola. We're not talking about the product, are we? We're just saying Coca-Cola, 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 over and over and over again. What we're trying to do is when somebody arrives at a supermarket, they feel more familiar with Coca-Cola than any other brand. Okay, so like Apple never talk about their products. And Marlboro never talked about cigarettes, but they had really lovely pictures of cowboys. Yeah, there, exactly. Because there's not a lot to talk about cigarettes, really. That's positive. <laughs> yeah, that's positive. <laughs> and so what you're really trying to do is to show a lifestyle. Like if you'd like to be like a rugged cowboy type guy whilst dying of lung cancer, then you should smoke Marlboro. Or Peter Stuyvesant was like, if you're an international playboy or playwoman in these modern ages, you should be smoking the international passport to pleasure, I think was their thing. Big brands do very brandy type. It's not about the product. No, okay, Red Bull, a prime yeah. example. And you remember this from uh, in the 90s and maybe early 2000s. It was really associated with sound logos, doo doo doo, or bing bit. And that was a brand trying to get that thing into your head, that noise. It's a familiar Not just jingles, but just that was their thing at the end of every one of their ads. And it's designed to make. That you... was a um, computer, Intel inside, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It would have been. Oh, exactly I see, I know. Like Do you know what? When I grew up, I always wanted to be a jingle writer. Did I you? just thought it was the icing on the cake. <laughs> I met some guy in Portugal who was very proud of the fact that he wrote five, four, three, two, one, da 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 da, for a chocolate bar. Yeah, so he should have been proud. Well done, him. <laughs> so the reason I'm not jingle writer is because I did Duke of Edinburgh, and at every stop, we left these little notes to prove that we'd been there. And this one girl was just so brilliant at coming up with these little rhymes of what the notes, oh, it was jingle, of what those notes were, that I was just like, I can't compete. So at a very early age, it was dashed, alas. This is a little interlude for listeners. We've had to change our recording system. So I do apologise if there is a difference in sound as we move into the next bit. But I'm still looking great, as I'm telling Dan. I've got bright red lights around my ears. I can see myself much clearer now because it's a black screen. 
and I'm still very happy. But Dan was saying that he couldn't hear me every time I mentioned the word, the word being email marketing. I think it's just the universe pointing out to me that it's really boring. No, so why do you keep saying that? Why do you keep saying that? Okay. I don't understand why you would say that. So we've talked about the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing. Yes. Keep going. Why is it so exciting? Well, okay. So why is it so exciting? This is your, you know, people talk all the time about communications. Yeah. And the fact is that for a small business, the most effective way you can talk to people is email marketing. You can do your stuff on social and it will work. And some people are very successful with their social media marketing. You could do it with Google Ads. And you can be quite successful with that as well. But the thing about email is it's a much longer form. So you get to say what you want to say to people. And you have a window of opportunity to talk to them in a quite direct way. And I'm going to explain there's a big difference between what I call older style marketing, email marketing, which is the... Loads of images, click here, click here, blah, 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 which most of us are now blind to. I see uh, an, an email come in with loads of images on it. I just know it's marketing and I just skip to the next email. I very rarely read it unless it's really, really specific to something that I want. And actually, a lot of those emails drive me just to find where's the unsubscribe link because it's too obviously promotion. The emails that you'll tend to respond to better in my research is where it actually looks like an email from some person. So it doesn't have lots of graphics all over it. It just says, hi, Abby, I blah, 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 blah. If you're interested to find out more, click here. Just looks like an email that you would receive from anybody else. That type of email, A, is quite quick to build, and you can start to measure things that are really interesting about what is it that people respond to. So as long as you have a marketing campaign, email marketing is not, I send out an email and hope it comes back. It's a conversation with somebody. And what you will start to find is that different messages appeal to different people. And you can start to tie up those people with what they do with your company. So it's very, very important in any type of marketing to understand, first of all, the segments within your market. And those might just be demographics, but they also might be what channels do they interact with you on? Like social media people, how do they interact with me? Website people, how do they interact with me? And then you'll find that actually they have different behaviors. And the next thing to do would be to build a persona, but I don't think most companies have the time to really go into that. But what a persona is, is one type of my user is Jane, and she comes onto my site because it's convenient, and her pain point is she needs to get something done quickly. Okay, it's lucky you just started talking about personas, because I was about to do a very loud yawn, because I know that email marketing is great. It works. Yeah. I yeah. sell more pieces of art through my email marketing than I yeah. do anything else because, because it's I have people that actively strangely want to get these emails from me and they are pleased to receive them and therefore I agree you're selling to a converted audience so it really works now I agree that you should be giving different messages for different types of audience now I break that down into different mail lists because I find it quicker so I have a mail list that goes to interior designers I have a mail list that goes to 
people that might be interested in art. I have a mail list that goes out to bloggers that might feature my work. And I will send slightly different emails. Yeah, so that's your segmentation. So and so my personas would be the interior designer, the art lover and the blogger. But I am an artist and I send very visual emails. I have to. Yeah, and that's so different because your products are very visual. But if I'm selling, let's say I'm trying to get people to move I'm... to my hosting for example, <laughs> to be honest, sending them a bunch of pictures about servers and internet-y looking things. Are people looking really happy. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. You get them to buy into yeah. life. happy people. And a girl on a phone that you've seen on every other. Wow, but that girl gets You can send people images of like bungee jumping and drinking champagne and having a really nice life because okay, so that's how they'll perfect. feel if they bungee, host with you. Bungee jumping is perfect because if you're selling things that are adrenaline-based No, products, I was saying that you're selling your hosting, but if you showed someone bungee jumping, you could say, look, you can live a really happy life and be like this person if you host with me because I'll take all the stress away. Yeah, but do you know what? I think really... That's not what people care about hosting. What people <laughs> really care about hosting, is it reliable? Is it cheap? Do I have to care about it? Okay, uh, so if I'm a bungee jumping company, carry on. Let's say you're a, an experiences company. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. Then, yeah, you might say, actually, I'm going to have a single image of bungee jumping. But that's not generally as effective what you're doing, which is product-based images, are fine because you sell art. It would be very odd to send an email saying, I've got a load more art. Would you like to buy some? I'm not showing it to you, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that would <laughs> even increase people's interest. But you know what I mean, which is when you arrive at the email, the top bit of the email is just a picture. And it's just like, really? I haven't got time for this. I'm going to move on. So most companies sell services really and actually when you're talking about i've got my segments of i've got my art lovers i've got my customers and i've got my bloggers and they've actually got different messages that's what i call segmentation you could have that just in one list with a bunch of check boxes because you might have a blogger who's also a customer but what you'd want to do eventually is go right the type of blogger that actually does highlight my art more often is this type of person. And I'm going to draw a persona about him. And the reason why you do a persona is so that you can say, if I was talking to Jane, what would Jane care about? And because you've turned it into a quasi person, it's much easier to imagine how you would message that person. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, it's a very nuanced difference, but it's quite clever because, yeah, I can go, oh, I'm emailing all the bloggers. But yeah. if I actually stuck a picture of Jane and what she likes yeah. and what she does in front of me and I pretend I'm having a conversation with her, you're right. It's going to change slightly. Even though I knew I was emailing people like Jane, the very fact that I'm sitting there feeling I'm having a conversation with her would make a vast difference. A lot of companies provide these marketing segments. One of them is Experian, for example, who use a thing called Mosaic. And they say, if you give us a postcode, we can tell you who lives there. Not it's Abbey, but we can say they live near Woodbridge. It's quite an arty place. They're living in this type of house, in this type of area. Now, they're not going to get 100% because obviously the guy who lives below me or the guy that lives below him, we're probably all a little bit different. But what they can say is on average, this is the type of person that lives in these type of places. And what they do is provide you personas and they literally have photographs like what are the things that they do? What does the family look like? And they break it down like what is their medium income? What 
what are the things that they do? What are they interested in? And so they create these personas that allow you to market at these people, even though you may never have actually spoken to them. So we use this for looking at our subscriber list. We've got 100,000 subscribers. We can send all the postcodes. And what they'll then give you back is your weighting. And they'll say, right, you've got a lot of, let's say, K6s and K7. And they create these trees where you can then see who comes before the K7s, who are the preceding branch, so that you can see who do you need to market to for tomorrow's customers. The thing I love about modern marketing is how quickly you get feedback. So you can test headlines, for example, on Google PPC. You could put 10 different headlines in there and see which one gets the highest click-through rate. Within a couple of hours, you can have literally some market research done. And that was so difficult previously. Are you still with us, Abby? Hello. Did you fall asleep? No, I didn't fall asleep. There's an amazing profiling tool on YouGov that you put in some information and it gives you these fantastic pictures of everything that yeah. you're in this area might be into and it's free and it's actually designed beautifully if you just look for YouGov profiling. That's enough about segments and so forth. I mean the real key to email marketing like everything else is just turning up. So have a schedule, make sure you do it often, always have a call to action link and preferably don't have too many unless you're selling products where each product will have a link. Have one thing to say and just say it really well and then measure it. If you were sending an email to a friend. Yeah, exactly. Did they reply? No, why not? They don't like me anymore. Or, do, But do you know what I mean? So with all marketing, in fact, with everything to do with the web, turning up is 99% of the game. You just keep doing it. It will really start to give you results. And obviously, you can use MailChimp or Campaign Monitor, whatever works for you. And they will be different, but mostly they're much of a muchness. And when you're starting out, MailChimp is as good as any. Squarespace um, does quite a good one now. It's very simple to use. I'm wondering if the newer ones, such as Squarespace, don't get stuck in your promotion tab so quickly. Would that be true? Often with that promotion tab, it's to do with how you've managed your SPF records. And there's a certain bit of learning about it. So if you're sending it to a mailing list, some email systems send it to like what's called a list. And some email systems actually send individual emails to each person. And that can help you not go in that list. But if enough people mark you as promotion, you're going in there, whatever you do. It's just one of those things. That's the bad part of AI, really. So you've got to be slightly careful about how you send and what sends it. If you know you've, people aren't marking you as promotion, mainly because a lot of your clients just don't know how to do that. Yeah. Is it the fact that millions of other emails that have come from, example, MailChimp, so not just your mail? But yeah, it other is, people but I mean, from MailChimp and therefore MailChimp as a rule is being pushed into promotion. Yeah. So Gmail actually looks at the content of the email and decides whether that looks like it's promotional. It's going to look at things like, is it always got the same bits and pieces in it? Does it basically just change the content, but the layout always stays the same? So it's going to do some AI over it as well. The other thing is to use something like SendGrid. And that allows you to use your actual own mail servers or to offload your mail servers or there's things like Mailgun, which are literally just email deliverability. They're not marketing systems. They do actually now start to have marketing bits to them, but really they're just lists and delivery systems. Okay, so these ones, SendGrid and Mailgun are quite interesting. Oh, that's my main problem. And I think everybody's main problem is being put in the promotion tab and people just not knowing. Yeah. 
And obviously, so Gmail will know that MailChimp use these IP addresses, and you will suffer from it because you've got a lot of product images in there. Yes. Because you're an artist. So you'll suffer from it more than I will because I don't send those type of emails. I generally send, dear John, it's not me, it's you, type emails. I don't come up against that problem quite so much. So tell me about some other useful tip for email marketing that's going to make me happy. Personalization is really important. It's quite easy with email yeah. like MailChimp now to yeah. put that in, and that's good. And you can actually do really interesting things. So you can create one email, and then you can have different sections that go in depending on what segment people are in. So you don't have to have different mailing lists. In fact, usually the best way, if you're a single company, is to have one mailing list with lots of segmentation in it. That would be a big thing for me is try and keep everything in one mailing list even if you have very distinct segments in there because you may find that people move from one to the other and actually under gdpr you're going to have problems which is like what mailing list are you in and when you've only got three that might be fine but if you're a big company you might find you've got 30 40 lists once someone asks to delete you from there you've actually got to think about where is all this information and, and you say you've got to be in it to win it so how often should i be sending emails out ah now you're going to find this out because the thing to do is take a sensible default you send them every week fortnight whatever month depending on what type of email you're sending so for you selling art you're probably not generating a vast amount of new artwork every week so monthly might work for you but then for a while try two weekly and see what happens you know this is the thing about all marketing is you must test all the time. If you're I just do doing bi-monthly. Well, there I you go. I call it the bi-monthly bandwagon. <laughs> well, there you go. Perfect. And But you should probably try it. What happens if I send it monthly? Do I get a sales pickup or do I get a subscriber drop-off? Like, do more people unsubscribe? The statistics you get in mail clients like MailChimp are fascinating and really very accessible and easy to use. Yeah, and so what you're watching is deliverability, how many people opened, how many people clicked, and how many people unsubscribed. And those are your real three things. If loads of people open and nobody clicks, your message is wrong. I'm afraid, Dan, we're out of time, so we're going to have to finish this off next week. So a quick goodbye from me, and we'll carry on with GDPR and email next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.